on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, a man who loves putting lipstick on a pig, Derek McCall. Excellent. Arnold Ziffel, you come back here. This is probably no surprise to you, but I was hoping to somehow work that in in a more subtle fashion Mm. later, but Mm -hmm. you know, thank heavens you got it out of the way. Uh, This is Derek McCall, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. We are coming to you on Wednesday, September 9th, for us anyway, uh, from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. Uh, Of course, that was my fabulous announcer. Terry Moore. No, I'm kidding. Um, Does he do the paint? Oh, Carrie Moore. That's what I was thinking. No, it's Kelly Moore. Kelly Moore. It's one of the Moore sisters. Sorry. Uh, no, this is Lon Lopez. Young man. Hello, I'm very it's, confused. It's like Lon Sequitur on top of Lon Sequitur. No one can follow it. You Lon Sequitur. I'm going to have t-shirts you get, you made. Get, you know, sucked into the black hole that suddenly appeared here. Forget Who are about you the Hadron Collider. Yes, the world is ending soon. Mm-hmm. Thanks to those Swiss. Fantastic. Who would have thought the the people that are uh, all you know? Well, we won't get involved in your wars. They would destroy the world. <laughs> Crazy. They huh? invented the cuckoo clock. And the end of the world. I think they're cool. going cuckoo. All right. And, of course, across the table from me, shaking his head, moral arbiter uh, or moral not compass. Not Swiss. Not Swiss. Maybe. It's a it's a vaguely Swiss-sounding name. Uh, and uh, sound engineer. Ricola. Brett Snyder. <laughs> oh, so that's what Rick is short for. <laughs> Ricola. We always thought Richard. Wow. That's weird. You hear stuff. You know, you learn something new every day. Well, I know he spells it with the R-I-C. Yeah, I yes, just, I there we go. Re-cola, I get it now. And he's drinking a cola right now, so mm. probably... Uh, That's sweet tea. Oh, it's sweet tea. Okay. Uh, Wasn't that Popeye's girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, it was his adopted child. Oh, right, sweet tea. Anyway, uh, so we should... I, I'm going to say up top and and, and, and uh, then at the bottom of the show we'll do it again is, of course, that we were, will be per, uh, appearing live with our podcast at Silicon 2008. Where is that, Rick? And when is that? <laughs> oh, thanks. You are the brains of the operation. I'm That's just the face. That's at the San Jose Doubletree Hotel in downtown San Jose. Yes. Okay. And we'll be perf- uh, performing, yes, as monkeys, as puppets uh, on Sunday of the Silicon 2008. So you can go uh, and check it out. Come by. We'll be there grabbing surprise guests. They'll be surprised to us, surprised to them. And uh, we had a good show last time. We, yeah. we were able to grab a number of people from various uh, industry. Types, it was a fun. It was a fun, it it was was a fun good, show. Good uh, some low budget filmmakers. It was. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And then uh, we have panels as well to be named later. I yeah. was informed is they they they're very excited to put us on stuff, but they haven't figured out what I'm that is. I'm in the yet. online web guide right now. I didn't see you though. I just registered yesterday. Okay, because you know. Oh, I, you have to register for that. I think we're gonna sneak you in. Yeah. Oh, cool. Shh. I'm going to put big you in my briefcase. basket. In a big Lon will be basket. making an appearance. I don't think the Ranger's going to like that, Ricky. I don't think he likes that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be at Silicon there at the Doubletree. Okay. Um, and 
So we've got comics to talk about. We got some movie news to talk about. We got some TV stuff to talk about. So let's begin and our voices with get higher as we talk about uh, it. As we follow on the heels of uh, that, uh, there was just recently a Diamond Retailer Summit this weekend. So uh, I don't know how that how that went, but uh, it's fun. Can you imagine all those comic retailers and just hanging out in Vegas, at the hotel room, and Marvel? Uh, Brian Michael Bendis flew in and made a surprise guest appearance and talked about how he's going to cancel one of the Avengers books and rename it something else, Dark Avengers or something. Yeah, like Dark that. Avengers. I'm not opposed to that. Who? What? To cancel? To replace at least one else? of the Avengers? No, but they're going to replace it with another one. Oh, it's like it's like Hydra. Yes. Bendis is like Hydra. You cut off a limb, two more take its place. Okay. Mm. Well, she had two more taking its place for a secret evasion. <laughs> Anybody reading that crap? No. Okay. Uh, you weren't you yes, the most we uh, weren't you the most excited of us about that originally? Yeah, but uh, my excitement was only like a three, and your guys was like a one. So, so well, okay. technically more excited. But I yeah. thought it was out of three. No, no, out of like ten. Oh, okay. Well. You know, I enjoyed the first issue, and yeah, it's kind of lost my attention. But except for those, we talked about ancillary books. The ancillary books are carrying. But it let's talk perhaps the most it. controversial book this week, one that uh, if DC has its way, no one will be able to read. The already, wait a minute, DC's burning books now. They are burning books. They're pulping them. Oh my god! No, the funniest thing about it when you actually read what they requested is they're they're not pulping them. They're asking the retailers who receive it because it's already yeah. too late. They're asking for the retailers to pulp them. And you know yeah. they're not going to do it. They already sell a them. book that I believe was originally uh solicited for January of 2000 oh 2000. Uh All-Star <laughs> Batman and Robin number 10 written by Frank Miller with art by Jim Lee. Uh they've requested that it be pulped because and perhaps you can explain to me why they why it even got this far. Frank Miller, uh, did you guys read any of All-Star Batman and Robin, or are you totally yeah. lost? Okay. I stopped when he started saying the R word and stuff the like that. Robin? No, the full R word. I'm really pulling a blank. I'm not sure what the... The R-tard word. Oh, oh. that word. The one that uh, you can't do full on? Yes, yeah. that's okay. what I'm, the, I'm being sensitive. He, oh, wow. Uh, that's why I didn't understand. Mm. Uh, so the Tropic Thunder move. Uh, yes, it's it's kind of offensive over the top, you know, and weird in don't, because I would take like All-Star Superman. It's like, wow, this is the best of what Superman is. Full of imagination, packed. I, I'm not a huge Frank Whiteley fan, but it's okay. I'll put up with it because Grant Morrison's just blowing my mind issue after issue. And All-Star Batman and Robin is just so ugly and disgusting. Disgusting. For a pretty book, too. For artwork that's well, because Jim Lee is nice, a yeah. is a great artist. Absolutely. Yeah. You think Jim Lee gets the scripts before he draws them, or did, like at least the dialogue, or do you think he's like Jim Lee's going? This is going to be a really cool project, and then he sees the finished one and goes, "Oh, oh my god, what have I done?" Uh, well, if that was the case, I think he'd stop. Although I think that the reality is, Wait, we ought to explain what ha- what happened. Well, yeah. all right. So we went off on like. Yeah, how it slowly degraded for us. Yes. This this week, finally, and I don't know how many months this is actually late, probably six or seven at minimally, um, at one point or twice in the book, uh, there is a full-on page of a variety of panels in which the Profanity. young Batgirl is being called the C-word. What oh. C-word would that be, Derek? Uh, see rhymes, you next Tuesday. Ah, right. The see you the, the, next Tuesday. As Monty Python fans would say, what a silly bunt. Uh, there you go. That word uh, that you just don't call, at least in America, you don't call someone in polite company or even an impolite company. I consider that one like that. Them's fighting words. Them's Does fighting they call words. them a cunning stunt? In other, in 
other countries, like in England, it actually really isn't that big a deal. They use that as a yeah. – but in, in America, in the United States, it is like one of the worst things you can say. Right. To a woman. I think you, you in just, general. just in, oh, general, in general. It really okay, is. It, again, but what happened was they in this book, they wrote out the full dialogue using these, these awful words. Yes. And then they black over it. With and just they've a done little this in bit of lettering issues, so you can they? see the edge. But they've done this blacking out technique in It's almost in a way issues. to yeah. like sense, like an audio sensor, like a bleep. Right. And I think what in they were trying, it's like supposed to be kind of a visual joke. But unfortunately, in this instance, the black, they actually, their printing process was to lay down the ink for the actual words and then lay the ink on top of it for these black boxes. So there was really the written out word underneath the black box. Right, and this is why I, I'm saying, why couldn't the letterer in the first place just, just do a black the black box, box over it? If that's right. supposed to be a joke. Unless someday they expect, well, we'll live in a society where we can remove the black box. Or why don't they just do the no, old comic? The black hole's going to suck us all away. Why don't okay. they just do the old comic trick where they use all the... Uh, uh, symbols, you know what I mean, like right. the, which I would be, I would have been fine with. Yeah. yeah. What was the name of that? There was a comic series DC had it, and it was mostly black superheroes. Um, Icon, milestone. milestone. I think it was milestone, milestone. Was, milestone. The, was the imprint, and they were they actually drew like scribble lines in the dialogue. They didn't do the yeah. blackout or and, the, and, the and, symbols and, or. But anything. you say that because milestone is coming back. All the milestone characters are now going to be integrated into the DC universe. Okay, finally, yeah, you know, bussing them in, and they're going to integrate. You, well, them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was trying to avoid that because uh, you know. Well, once again, I'm just saying great. that you know, once we have a black president, well, it should be because. Because really, for years of the WB, the kids' WB had Static, which was one of Static Shock, they called it. Yeah. Very successful animated series. It was arguably the most successful. I bought, I bought all those books. I actually liked, liked Oh, they were really the good. Yeah. They were really good. I mean, I liked the I, Blood Syndicate kind of fell apart for me, but I liked the I idea. I liked the characters in Blood Syndicate. Okay, uh, Lon is anticipating my finishing sentences a lot tonight because he just poured himself a big old cup of something. It's Diet Pepsi. Anyway, um... But anyway, so there are other ways to do this. Absolutely. And Even the, the idea that they have that. to actually write out. <laughs> you know, Charlie? I don't know when Snoopy ever used the C word. <laughs> no, Charlie Brown called Lucy the C word a lot. No, there used to be. Cause Every you know, time he'd move the football. The thought, why, you the, the, little. The thought, balloon, the thought balloon would just be colored in black. And so you knew. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I never once thought he was thinking anything You know why? Because vulgar. You were, well, I'm not saying he really was. <laughs> But there's a way there's of covering. I mean, the point is, there's a way of, of of putting across in the visual language. Yeah, and that the argument is that's the that funny books, though. The argument is that's you know the funny books. This is a grim and gritty Batman. It's not a grim where, and gritty Batman. Well, that's so. the argument. It's, it's supposed a, to be a silly classic, over like, the top. It's a silly over the top Batman. Yeah, and you know, is, are people still buying it though? Yeah. Well, if when there's ever when there's an issue out. to actually be uh, on the stand, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, a companion book to the All Star Superman, which is much the same. Kind can of we just can we just say? Except too, that's a very different book. I mean, it's a yeah. fun book. It's appropriate to give to kids, and their I, minds I, will be blown. I didn't by say they were a successful companion book. Yes. Okay. But can we just say though that Frank Miller's off directing the Spirit, the Spirit, and he did his Sin City thing, and he's really. I mean, do you think this is now just? Frank Miller just saying, "Look, I don't have time. Here's a here's a couple of notes. Yeah, here's some here's some crazy cur- curse words. Run with it. You know, go have fun. I'm I don't have time to write a book anymore. I I think, you think he's really sitting down on the computer? You know, more yeah, than I think, six I, hours. I think honestly, a night? what the thing is that Frank Miller has uh, started to believe his own press. Mm. 
And I think what he's been lauded for is the grittiness mm-hmm. of Sin City. Everybody, I, you know, mainstream press articles on The Dark Knight keeps talking about The Dark Knight Returns uh, and and uh, or year one. And I even read something, I think it was in Entertainment Weekly, which that Jeff Jensen is usually the guy that writes, he's a comics fan, he should know better. But something about how, like, in the, I read, finally read their Dark Knight review, how, like, he gets referred to as the Batman. Thank you, Frank Miller, for calling that. It's like, really? In the very first Batman story, he is called the Batman. Frank Miller did not create the use of the article. Yeah. And yet, that's what everybody is looking to Frank Miller as the reason why. Now, if you ask Steve Englehart, Steve Englehart would like to take credit for everything that Batman begins and... And the Dark Knight does, but you know, so but Frank Miller's getting told that he's three. Yeah, but let's let's talk about they're talking about doing a three hundred one. Let's talk about Frank Miller's writing on the Dark Knight Returns, where mm-hmm. he had the mutants basically speaking in a whole different, new, let's say, modern language, where their cursing was still kind of creative and. Yeah, it's you know what I mean? a clockwork orange kind of thing. Right, but well, it was just uh, kind of one of those yeah. things where that's when a writer actually takes time with their craft right. and, and and thinks about it. Where this is just, I don't got time, Batgirl's a C word. You know what I mean? It's I think like, I think it's sort of like I'm I'm Gumby, damn it. I'm Frank Miller, damn it. I can do whatever I want. And I don't and I think he has gotten less creative. Or the spirit wouldn't look so much like Sin City. Oh, I'm so not happy with that. I mean, the spirit is not a grim and gritty story. Well, apparently there was a screening of it, and and it and it is a comedy, okay. or it does have that feel. Comedy. Has, well, the spirit. Yeah, spirit is a lot of spirit of a stories are, are oh. very comedic. Yeah. Uh, but they are comic irony. But but regardless, I would agree. I'm not a you know I'm not in favor of censorship. Obviously, I'm you know as we know you know in the tropic the wake of the tropic thunder thing. I'm totally against that. Like we should ban or cut those scenes. But, but you know we're in do. favor of storytelling. Storytelling, and the reality is that when you is that on the plus side for censorship, if you must, is if they're back to the there are things they cannot say, they will find ways to say it without saying it, you know, working around that. I thought NYPD Blue was much more entertaining when they were talking about don't break my shoes or you're busting my eggs because they couldn't say... <laughs> Yeah, you laugh, but it was like, it's a funny pet. No, I want to just start yeah. saying that now. Yeah. Stop breaking my, my shoes. shoes. <laughs> Why you got to break my shoes all the time? And I, I loved that phrase. Or they couldn't say, you know, and it, uh, the one I love is, you know, they wanted to sleep with each other. You want to hit the rack? Or I didn't throw my best hump? You know, I mean, it was all these things where they were saying that, that they would work around what the censor wouldn't allow them to say. And then as soon as they were allowed to say, like, the bull S word, Every single episode found suddenly a really creative obvious, way. Oh. No, not creative. It was always at least, you know, my wife and I would sit there and go, okay, 10 minutes left. They haven't worked BS in. And there it is. And they would make sure they had it in every episode. Because that was edgy back then. Because that was edgy. And it wasn't even all that back then. It was like five years ago, you know. But Okay. Can we wrap this, ma- um, this Miller sure. thing? All right. You're right. So, so basically what happened is the stories were all contacted by DC after the fact, say, asking them to destroy, destroy it. the books. And they probably wrote a letter that says, like, Please don't create a new eBay identity and sell them on eBay to make a little really extra because money. if I were a retailer right, right now, I would totally be trying to sell yeah. that. Yeah. You don't trust what, the retailers to not what I to don't, throw away what money. What I don't say honestly yeah. here is I, I don't know. They I think that they that uh, that elusive uh, went through with it because it wasn't on the stand today. No, um, Anna said they didn't get it. Oh. And then she gave me her eBay address to look up. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Awesome. So she went, we didn't get it, and then there's a huge wink. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about books we can read. 
and want you to read. Um, I have not. I'm going to come out and give a little praise to IDW. Uh, Again? Yes. Because wow. you're because you're going to rip into an IDW book later. I know I that. I mean, I've, I've given them good reviews for a couple yeah. of things recently. Well, uh, Doctor Who The Forgotten, which is scripted by Tony Lee and with art by Pia Guerra, who was the artist on Why the Last Man. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I did not – well, I just preface – I did not like the regular ongoing Doctor Who series they've done. I mean, it was okay written, but the art was really cartoony and ridiculous. But Pia Guerra does a fantastic job capturing the likenesses of the various Doctors because this miniseries, The Forgotten, it will encompass all of them. And using the, using the David Tennant Doctor as a framing device to, tell, to find a story that he's trapped in a museum... That is trying. That is wiping away his memories, and it's a museum dedicated to him, and oh. all and all the incarnations of the Doctor are there. The co- the costumes are, and so Martha Jones is desperate to keep him from from losing all of his sensibility, and she's like handing him the props from adventures and so forth, trying to get him to piece together where they are, why they're there, okay, and and who is doing this to them. So the first that sounds issue, interesting. I it mean, does, and yeah. the first and the first. So that's the forgotten. That could be an actual episode. Yeah, yeah. And so, but because it's comics, you can actually go back and get William Hartnell as the first Doctor. You know, he says, you know, oh, I haven't seen that since I was an old man. And then it goes back and tells an adventure of the first Doctor, which for a lot of us, we've never even seen. You might have seen the morphing scene. A lot of it's lost. Um, so it's kind of a really clever way to pay homage to everything that, that all the fandom of Doctor Who. And I was really pleasantly surprised. I read online saying, isn't this the best Doctor Who book ever? So I had to pick it up and see. And I was like, yeah, that's a really good Doctor Who comic. Yeah. So if you haven't, Rick, go get it now. I, I will have to go. Go now. Stop the podcast. Go. No. All right. I'm back. Okay. Uh, on the flip side for AD, uh, IDW, uh, the, <laughs> and a little whimper of pain escapes yeah. escapes from Rick. Uh, what is it that you don't like going on from from IDW right well, now? Well, Joss is my master now. Joss Whedon is your master now. But mm-hmm. um, I'm really, really, really getting tired of Angel the after the fall because they're taking the whole of the series and just making an incredible mess out of uh, the end. The end of the the last season ended with the oncoming of Armageddon. Down in a back alley, and this takes it past that. Armageddon's come. Mm-hmm. Wait, can I ask a question? Is this continuation of the season eight thing? Yes. Or is yes. it well, yes. Angel After the Fall is basically Angel season six. Yes. Didn't they just do the comic season no, eight? No, you're talking no. Buffy. Buffy, the Vampire oh, Slayer, has a season. Angel, right. Buffy, Angel was a got it. Se- separate series. Now, are these two connected? Not really. Okay. No, right, I'm sorry. Really. Continue. Because they're from Other two different they publishing companies that, as well. That went across from the two different. Okay. So um, Los Angeles has gone to hell, and it's been in hell ever since this book started out, and they keep on bringing in – they've brought in – I think they've brought in the whole cast from all all possible living and un, unliving members of the cast. Actually, Doyle has not appeared. Right. Doyle, who died in the first yeah. – end of the first season. Ha, ha, ha. Gotcha, okay, Rick. Yeah, well, I get what you're saying. They bring Doyle up. No one's going to remember him. Um, <laughs> but – it's 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 actually it's a horrible story because it's just a mess. We don't and it hasn't really, moved forward. We don't know who's trying to do what here. We don't have any. We don't have any. We had a big revelation at the end of the most recent book. Did you read the last? I think so. So the double page spread. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was the Cordelia issue, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And let's talk about Cordelia. Charisma Carpenter is a Maxim girl. They make Charisma Carpenter to look like. Uh, no, I, I would beg to differ. Charisma Carpenter is a Playboy girl. For she, for she did appear there as well. Okay. So, which, I don't even know what you guys are which talking is a about. Ta- which Maxim is, Playboy. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. You are know. these magazines? They're, they're, they're a little tamer than oh, what okay. you usually look at. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, but they make her look like she's got her face is electrified and has been worked on with a knife. Yeah. Well, you did say they were in hell. Yeah, they are. Oh, she, okay. She's like she's like a spirit of uh, all that's good. Right. Yeah. Um, and none of the characters. I mean, it, one of the strengths of the IDW, um, what is it, Assignment Earth book, with Gary Seven and Roberta Lincoln, yeah, yeah, was. They drew them. Uh, John Byrne was drawing these characters right like they were in the series, including the Enterprise characters and mm-hmm. Kirk and the uniforms and everything. And there's a deceptive simplicity to his artwork as well. Yes. He's not going working too hard. No. Whereas this one is trying the, – all the drawings are detailed, but it all messes with the your ability to follow – I don't know who I'm looking at. Half and it's the time not great storytelling artistically. No. And I'll give that to John Byrne. It is a compliment to say of a comic book artist, he's a good cartoonist. And John Byrne is a great cartoonist. And we bring up, uh, of course, uh, Simon Earth because it's still IDW. Mm-hmm. So we know we're ca- they're capable of doing better. And I really hope, I actually, I really hope that they will get over this storyline and take yeah. Angel someplace Because on the else. flip side, Buffy Season 8 from Dark Horse has has done it. Great series. Yeah. Great series. And, and Did that finish yet, or is it an ongoing? It's an ongoing. Okay. It's, it's doing and different arcs. The until... right set of characters. You know everybody by sight. It's it's a, it's well and it's willing to plotted. weave them in and out because yeah. like Andrew showed up in season eight, yep. uh, and then he's gone again. You know, just like the series would have done. And and that's the problem. Is Angel kind of you're right? Is everybody that ever appeared? Let's get him in there. Let's and they're all standing around. Equal, shh, they're not like, doing squad. They're all standing around the same room I, talking I do about they're in the, all in the same room. And there's also a spike after the fall book, which yeah. doesn't isn't adding anything to the story either. It's like George Lucas syndrome. It's it's weird. They're just cashing in on the franchise here. Or yeah, what? I think so. I, I don't think Joss Whedon's paying as much attention to Angel, Angel. Mm. as he is to the Buffy series. Well, he's not writing this book. Is no, he? he's not. Yeah. But he is overseeing. It says he co-plotted with. It's uh, supposedly canon. But he, but he is clearly doing a much tighter job and hiring much better writers for, Buffy. for the Buffy book yeah. as well. And I notice off of the off of his name, Zach Whedon is writing the Fringe book from Wildstorm. Oh, so we'll get okay. back to Fringe a little later yeah. when we get to television. But there is a comic book adaptation. Wait, I haven't Zach read Whedon's writing Fringe or Dollhouse? Zach Whedon, Joss's brother, is writing, writing Fringe? Fringe, the comic book, the comic book for Wildstorm. That's kind of a weird connection. Yeah. Well, it is. Wouldn't, wouldn't, he, wouldn't he be reading? You know what I mean? Because yeah. Whedon's doing Dollhouse and J.J. Abrams is doing Friends. Right. Yeah. It's all this one big incestuous yeah, okay. thing. Yeah, okay. You know, these are the new powers that be. Anyway, I'm tired of ranting. Let's move okay, on. Okay, let's move on. Another book. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. No, oh, the John Woo Seven Brothers. Uh, Michael Goodson has come in offering. Just to offer trades. the uh, trade paperback of Virgin Comics Seven Brothers. We shall hold it up so we can all see it. Yes, there we go. Everybody, <laughs> it's a very nice, above, it's sort very, of very nice. A a uh, from a company that we may never know how the story ends because they still have not explained how they're going to retrench if they're going to retrench. That does end. Fantastic. Then okay. people, you can pick up this trade paperback. It carries the Michael Goodson seal of approval, which means that he actually was able to pay attention all the way to the end. That's a pretty good thing. Um, 
And, and uh, so books that uh, we do like beyond that. Um, El Diablo. DC revived that character again last week. This is the Western character? The the Western character now updated to L.A. Street Gangs. Uh-huh. And it works. Oh. Really? Works pretty well. Although I thought at the beginning everything that Lon Lopez hated about The Revenant was going to happen in El Diablo. And then and then it, and you almost got to page six. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then it went it went past that and paid homage to the original uh, series uh, with the with, that was the Western with Lazarus Lane. And they'd done a revival for Vertigo of the character with uh, Brian Azzarello had written it. And it really didn't it, it didn't capture anything of what made the original character cool. It just kind of really revamped the original character and made it just turned it on its head. It didn't work. Yeah. This is a continuation. Um, Lon, are you familiar with El Diablo at all? I don't think so. I, do, I mean, didn't appeared in weird, doesn't Marvel have an El Diablo too? I don't think so. Or just Diablo? Um, I could have swore there's a Diablo character in Marvel too. I don't know. As like a Doctor Strange villain or something? Or? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's a he's an alchemist. He's like yeah. 500 so that's years what old. I, oh, Diablo. It's not El Diablo. It's, okay. not Diablo. Yeah, it's just Diablo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's um, a Fantastic Four villain. Okay, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. This El Diablo is a, we appeared in Weird Western Tales uh, along with Jonah Hex in the 70s and has at least appeared once yeah. in the revival of something Jonah something about Hex. he falls asleep and... Well, he's in a coma. Yeah. He's a, he's a quadriplegic. Right. He was like beaten some kind of injustice. He wasn't allowed to marry the woman he was supposed to marry and so he's... Like this quadriplegic, and then when night he's, falls, the spirit basically the spirit the assassin for hell. Uh, but he becomes El Diablo, and he's a rider on this black horse, and he seeks out justice. Um, and so now it's 2008, and Lazarus Long is 178 years old and is still in this coma, and no one, you know, he's like in this hospital okay. room, and they take this gang lord, uh, and Heat is uh, basically the DEA is trying to turn him turn him so that you know they can get all this thing they're willing to let him walk because he's been paralyzed so that's the you know that's irony so he has that connection and then lazarus lane um offers this guy you can take over for me and become the new el diablo so they keep pieces of the western series and the western that's look nice. the that's horse nice the horse passes on while making it more street oriented the look is a lot more uh day of the dead kind of so is he thing. basically turning into like a latin ghost writer or something almost I, I think that's that's not an unfair comparison. Does he ride a motorcycle? No, he's going to ride the horse. Oh, okay, a horse through the the, the city yeah. streets. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but could but be cool. It could be, could be visually striking. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's the first issue, and it's a six issue miniseries. They're just giving it a shot, you know, because time to time you do have to run these series. Now, I was a fan of the last one they had done, where they had uh, it was a, a New Mexico politician. Do you remember that series? Yes, Mike Paraback had done the art. It was a really Gerard Jones had written. It was a really cool idea. And they've kind of let that character just sort of disappear. They, and they wrecked him for JLA or something. They there have been some crises. There have been some crises. Oh, have there been crises? Indeed. But I thought that was a really cool series about you know a street-level politician trying to do right. And that in that case, El Diablo was just trying to you know clean up corruption. So this is, you know, this is a very different take going back to the original version of the character. It was a surprise to me. I really liked the book. So I mm-hmm. thought it was worth mentioning. Um, I also picked up... Uh, now I got a riff. Lon walked away for a moment because he is going to talk about Deadpool number one. Okay, yeah. Because we Marvel relaunched that again, and I haven't had a chance to read it, but uh, apparently Lon really dug it, so we'll come back to that. But I picked up uh, Superman Beyond, a final crisis, because there have been some crises. I read that one too. Yeah. Um, it's a 3D book. Sporadically, yes. One of the color, uh, color 3D books. So you have the red and green 
glasses, but the pages are in color, and it kind of works, okay. especially given that they go into another kind of dimensional thing. Yeah, it's a definitely one of you know Grant Morrison's cosmic things, but I thought it really made some things make more sense about it about these. Cri- there have been some crises. There, this is the third final crisis, as far as they're concerned. Right, crisis on infinite earths, infinite crisis, and now final crisis. And if the one thing Countdown didn't ever do adequately in 52 issues was explain why there were all these monitors, how they had this whole culture, and Superman Beyond does. The other thing I thought Superman Beyond did that was really cool was because brought in Captain Marvel, the one that we all like, and not the Freddie Freeman has become Shazam thing, yeah. which it, or, or Billy Batson has become Shazam, and Freddie Freeman's Captain Marvel, and that's over in Rain and Hell, and I can't figure that series out at all. Uh, but Superman Beyond has that Captain Marvel, the really cool one that we all knew, the kid inside, and finds a way to put Doctor Manhattan in there. Wow! Can I can I add the a same way that Rorschach showed up in the question? Well, the one of the characters that are teaming, that Superman is teaming up with, that the monitors are bringing to fight this multiversal threat, is uh, is a Captain Atom. But it really looks like, oh, like he's okay. got he's doc, he's blue. He's got the symbol, but he has okay. a little hair. So it's sort of like, yeah, there's yeah. this this yeah, way to acknowledge too. that he's skinny. I, I didn't get that. Yeah, uh, I but it's that. a way to acknowledge okay. the the uh, universe of Watchmen in there. He sits in the lotus position as he yes. hovers. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. Now you get it, huh? It's all I'm falling getting into it. place. I'm getting and it. this is a like uh, clockwork. You know what I wanted to, I, before you go there? I wanted to talk about the 3D process and 3D comic books in general, and go just ahead. wanted to see if you're at all like me. So when you get a book that's in 3D, and I know you do, you must do it a couple times a year, right? Yeah. Okay. So they you get always, a book in 3D. Yeah. The, the well, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. all in 3D, but you get a book that's printed to give the illusion of 3D through the use of these glasses that are usually bound into the mm-hmm. book, right? Now, what do you do? Do you always take the goggles, the glasses out of the book and assemble the lenses for that book right there? Yeah. Yeah? Because I don't remember. I'm not keeping in a bookcase somewhere my special 3D glasses. On the outside chance that they're using a different process as well. You know, okay. I, I don't know because they do make breakthroughs. Because I have, I just keep one set of 3D glasses by my comics for these, and I leave the other ones bound in. I mean this with all due respect. You're a much better geek than I am. <laughs> now, the funny thing is, this book I appreciated because of the way the the glasses were actually bound in. You could slide them out very easily, and you could actually, without disassembling and destroying the collector value of the book, you could actually hold the lenses up and read the book. If Which you I wish to. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's Black Dossier didn't do. It was you. It was you had to, you had to break it. it apart. Yeah, and there is. I've forgotten the name of the company. There is a company that will sell you prescription style, not prescription. 3D glasses. I would love prescription red, red 3D and, glasses. Red, red and blue uh, hard lens 3D glasses. So and they sh- they're not hard to. You can do a web search for these. So wait, this book you're talking about was in 3D. Superman Beyond. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. It's a two issue miniseries tying into Final Crisis. They're just trying to do everything for this Final Crisis, huh? Yeah. Tie-in books, 3D well, uh, books. You know, a lot aren't really tying in all that much. I mean, you can mm. read Rogue's Revenge and not really know what's going on. So is the DC universe ever going to get back to normal? I'm really hoping sometime in 2009. Because <laughs> well, normal what's normal for the last the question, seven, eight right? years. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, just something Will they where stabilize and be able to tell regular stories right. again? They're all connected. Stories that aren't all doing. about the end of the universe and yeah. life as we there know are, it. There are many books that they've got that are doing that. Mm. 
You know, like I said this El Diablo series Manhunter, which got revived. We didn't really pay attention to the Mark Andreco. Yeah, but we're series. talking about the core, the core yeah. characters, and it's it's. It, I'm I'm with Lon. It's getting a little tiring having them always have to deal with the end of the earth and right, you know. right. And yet, you know, the the theory is that once you've delivered that. You've got to keep topping it. You've got to keep trying to top it. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm fatigued. I want just yeah. a simple story yes. about a character. But the thing yeah. is, that character might not be Superman right now. And DC can't do that. They can't not have Superman going. They can't not have Batman going. Well, this is a great uh, time to go, go look at uh, Lonsa pick for the week. Deadpool. Well, I have two. Well, we have two. Give us two. Well, I told you, la- like, I was very impressed last week's Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, you did mention that off the air. So I can't ahead. really talk about it because I don't want to give any spoilers. He's saving me. But let's just, or even to the listeners out He's there, saving me. Too. If you're not reading Walking Dead, you're stupid. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, really, it's you're doing yourself a disservice if you're avoiding it because it's a zombie book and you didn't like uh, Twenty Eight Days Later or whatever. Or, or Marvel Zombies, for that matter. Or yeah. if you're avoiding it because you just think it's too far in, you you know you can go and get the trades, which read so quick. I got my buddy Billy hooked on it, and he basically called. He's all, yeah, it's my favorite TV show right now I'm watching, which is, you know, it, it reads like a TV show in a sense. Anyways, last week's single issue was one of the, I mean, pretty much Kirkman has a way to just make me slap my jaw every time and just go, Oh, my God. Did you hear me call so I could slap your jaw for you? Say again, what? I just want to slap your jaw. Okay, we'll talk Later about that off air. Okay. Um, no, but last week's the single issue, I was so into it, was reading it, and then it has just such a flip in it that it just... It just he does makes, that. Yeah, and he does that a lot, but yeah. it's such a good one where, like, some people will just throw a mandatory flip out there, and you'll kind of go, oh, God, that's gimmicky or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, but it is what, 52, number 52? I mean, I'd say... He might be up to, like, 52. I'd say this is, like, three or four issues in a row, because 49 was like, whoa, a whole status quo change. Mm-hmm. 50 was, oh, tense, 51. You know, yeah, so 52 just pulls. He's and it's, on a roll. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it works. You know what I mean? The guy can pull a, a flip on you, and then you just go, why didn't I see it coming? Because it's just one of those where he he immerses you so well in that story that you just follow whatever he gives you, and you don't really try to look ahead. You just, you're just immersed, and you're just following it, and then when it hits you, it hits you. And mm-hmm. mm, it was such a good, like, that's good riding. Yeah, for me, pretty pretty much one of my favorite single issues of the whole year. Um, did I have any other ones besides this one? Sure no. you did. Well, I don't know. But this is the one you were going to talk, talk about. Oh. oh, real fast, too. Uh, anybody else Secret Invasion? We just talked about last week, but the newest issue was on the stands today. I haven't read it. Today. No, I, I just flipped through it right now. I didn't see today's issue now. <sighs> it's, it's, it's following uh, what I call Civil War Syndrome. So I don't want to. Captain America's going to die again? No, no. But uh, let's just say once you read it, you'll sit there and go, well, I told Rick how... Kind of it ends, and uh, Rick kind of said, again. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, one, of the f- one of the books that actually made me laugh out loud this week, there's a new Deadpool book out, Deadpool number one, it looks like. And it's funny? It's hilarious. Why because... did they relaunch it? Because it was already funny, but go ahead. I just... Well, I just have to share this one part. So basically, there's, it's, it's basically tying in with Secret Invasion. It's basically Deadpool's take on the Secret Invasion. So there's a scroll armada coming to Earth, and it looks like they're going to be attacking a uh, baseball stadium where mm-hmm. a game is in the middle of taking place. 
So the oh wait, I saw the preview pages for this. So the scrolls, the scrolls scan the the uh, the stadium, and they see they see basically you know all you know normal human life forms except one, and it's one they don't recognize. I did see the art on yeah, that. Yes, and it turns out it's the what do they call it? Like the Philly fan or the the well, mascot? The, yeah. The, well, the mascot isn't that the thing from from Springfield? From The Simpsons? I don't know if it's from The Simpsons. I don't I know think that, so. I'm looking at it now. It does not look like The fans. Phillies have like a... Ma- I think it? it's the Philly... I don't know what they call them. The oh, fan or... I don't know. But anyways, he's dressed as the team mascot. It's like, and he's, it's like this so he's in a big furry, furry costume. With a, with a horn for a He almost nose. looks like a Muppet almost. Yeah. And so, of course, the scrolls are confused because they've never seen a creature like this. So they go to approach it, and of course, and it's, and they say something like, "Yes, we see the creature, and it's heavily armed." So it's like the Philly fan with like two guns on its back. But Deadpool lose, loses the head right away, right. so it's it's Deadpool in this big oversized costume. Right. But essentially, he's used now the mascot suit as body armor. <laughs> So they're attacking him. So he's basically fighting off a scroll invasion, at, you know, dressed as a sports mascot. So I'm like, you know, what other comic can you just go off and have? Now, see, to me, that's good comic book fun right there. You know what I mean? It's like gross because he's certainly uh, cutting a, you know, a bloody swath through the scrolls. Right. But-, but it's like, you know, it's like when we when we hear invasion and you want your hero to just kind of kick some butt and, you know what I mean, take charge of the situation. You know, here's Deadpool, a guy who just doesn't care who's crazy insane and just and well, he you know one other thing path. about this book it is a number one and it looks like a good jumping on thing because there's like 12 pages in the back of oh it, yeah it gives a filler in story a, which shows you the deadpool saga his origin and basically what's well going i on may on have to character. pick it up i may have to pick it up if yeah so fans of deadpool or new fans or wannabe fans of deadpool because well, the previous series, once they dropped cable book. from it i was I, I they were putting in the marvel preview pack which they didn't do this last week and I just I, I became a Deadpool fan and I hated Deadpool before. So there's the I know I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> they see him on the monitor and <laughs> what is it? I, and it makes sense as a way to fool mm-hmm. the scrolls. So I'm with you. That's a great one. Um, fun book, fun book. So shall we move to movies and some and a rumor that hurt people and it's already been debunked within a day. It's it's already been debunked, but we should. I just it, we're not really talking about the rumor itself. But, the, but let's just talk believe. about the fact that with the internet now, we get all this just BS. We get all these people just trying to get well, traffic you know, to mean, their site. But, but that's not just internet. I mean, you know, throughout all history, rumors have flown. And, sure. You know. But uh, it's rampant with the what the system we well, have set up now. Well, this one you can now. believe there'll be something on the news tonight that'll say it was a rumor and it's wrong. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, why are you reporting it? Exactly. Why, poli- why political reporting is so bad. It's all just rumor and, and right. And, right. And it's going back and forth. So go ahead. But just this is just fun. For, I mean, there have been f- two casting rumors this week. Actually, we're fanboys, and we should discuss them as you know, as the voice mm-hmm. of fanboys, right? So yes. Go for it. Uh, no, the, the there was a rumor. I forget who originally reported it, but uh, I read MTV. It. Oh, MTV, that's right. MTV, MTV blog. Derek they, Luke. They interviewed Derek Luke for Miracle at Saint Anna's. He's he's playing he's Spike, in that Lee Spike Lee movie, and, and he said, <laughs> "Go ahead. You want to go do it?" And he said that. Uh, that he had just talked, or he was in talks to play a character for Marvel uh, himself, but that uh, Marvel had gone for a casting choice for Captain America that no one was going to believe, but it's true, Will Smith. Which Marvel very hurriedly, like Rick can't even speak about it, you know? <laughs> uh, and I, 
Wow, wow, wow. And I've got to and I've got to give Ain't It Cool News props for the headline that made oh, me yeah. laugh because the first headline <laughs> oh, was hell Oh no. hell no. Will Smith is Captain <laughs> America and then hell no, Will Smith is not Captain America because yeah. Marvel very quickly said and I believe the the press release even included Derek Luke does not know what he's talking about. <laughs> so that's right out. And now, but let's let's just let's just just dissect that rumor for a second. I could see can where we see it squirming on the table as we dissect. No, it? but I could see where cause it undue pain as a as a as a fan of movie or let's say a follower of the movie system. Stupider casting, you know, rumors or even, you know, casting has taken place. Like Wild Wild West. Yeah. Right. And you see a film star like Will Smith who could open any movie pretty much. I mean, you would you could see a, a studio exec going, hey, number one film star in America. We need to you know the number one comic book hero in America. Will Smith, Captain America. Who cares if he's black or not? Let's just do it. Let's just put it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. I could literally see those talks well, you actually me a black happening. Man can't be Captain America, right? Right, and I could actually see that happen. There, and um, I could even see them going, "Hey, we made according s- to Ultimate Origins, that's Nick Fury." Well, I was gonna say, "Hey, we made Nick Fury a black guy. We can make Captain America a black guy." You know, it's like, no, but Nick Fury is a super soldier in, in the, the, the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. No, 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 I get yeah. that, but I'm just saying, uh, is, yeah, I don't doubt that conversations like that actually took and place. And there was the Black Captain America too. Yeah, yeah, but the but. Reality is, if you're gonna, you know, they're building a they're building right. a film ser- a series of films that are truthful Where being to the true to the original to the source material. Source material. So why, you know, yeah. But, yeah, but it was a rumor. Derek Luke didn't know what he was talking about. The other one, I did I, hear that Thor is going to be played by a Samoan guy. <laughs> the Rock is going to play Thor. Really? No. no. Oh, okay, good. Uh, but uh, this one, and I don't know how credible this is, but at the Toronto Film Festival. I mean, I should say, I don't know how credible the actual source of the rumor. Remember, the story people, these the are sources. just rumors. No, because th- this is so. Michael Caine is allegedly has oh, was allegedly I I interviewed uh, at the Toronto Film Festival, and he said, "Yeah, it wasn't Dark Knight great. Yes, and uh, I read on the internet that Johnny Depp was cast as the Riddler for the third movie, and that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was going to be the <laughs> Penguin." And I thought, well, that's interesting casting. But it was just an internet rumor. But I called the studio and confirmed with them that that's actually true. Oh, my. Michael Caine said this. Michael Caine said this. Uh, Michael Caine and said this talk like in Michael an Caine. interview. You and have to talk in small portions. Can you do Philip Seymour Hoffman? No. No. No one can. Uh, but so, so I today, today alone, I read two different cl- claims of interviews with Philip Seymour Hoffman one where he said, where he confirmed it, yes, it's been a dream of mine. To, or uh, I should say, no, he didn't confirm it. He said, he did both refuted. But he said, if 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 it's true, if they want me to be the penguin, I would I would I would love to do it. Um, it's it's been kind of like a, a cool character to play. Love to play the penguin. Ever since I saw Danny, Danny DeVito do it, um, <laughs> dream roll, dream roll. Uh, and then the other one going. And the other one's saying, no, I'm not the Penguin. Are you crazy? No decision. Nobody's talking to anybody about this. Come on. Get real, people. So, you know, I don't know. Those two and what did Johnny Depp real. say? Johnny Depp was said, in France. Was in France. Uh, busy saying. Um, Can I borrow your brush to comb my could hair? Could Terry Gilliam please get off his butt and make Lost in La Mancha again? Mm. So, uh, or no, the man who killed Don Quixote is actually the movie. Lost actually, he's waiting for the 21 Jump Street uh, movie to get made. I don't think so. 
Oh, they're bringing back 90210, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, Lordy. People love nostalgia. Uh, Another rumor that just kind of popped up on the net uh, is that uh, DJ Caruso, who has an upcoming film, Eagle Eye. I loved him in uh, uh, NYPD Blue. I knew you were going to go there. CSI Miami? Right, right. Yeah, David Caruso. Oh, that's David Caruso. Uh, DJ Caruso. uh, I love his album. Disturbia and was supposed to be directing or developing at least the Why the Last Man movie. Uh, is now uh, allegedly on tap to direct Thor. So you made an earlier hmm. remark about Thor. What do we think about this? Well, I, I, I don't. I I don't think. I mean, it's yeah. like I I I haven't no. really seen anything. Wait, Matthew Vaughn's off Thor. I think that's the thing. I, I guess so. That I guess be. if he's doing Kick-Ass, he can't do Thor, yeah. right? Oh, Lordy. Yeah, Kick-Ass has begun filming. And, oh, uh, really? Yay. And Mark Millar has uh, blogged on about how great it was and how he talked to Nicolas Cage and was like, yeah, this is a comic book movie. Four comic book people, buy comic book people, this is awesome. And Nicolas was Cage it? went, yes. Wasn't Nicolas Cage kind of like surprised at the violence? Like, didn't he like accept the script before he actually read it or something? I don't like know. Uh, some or su- something like he read the comic or he read the script some before site he read the comic. Did have a script review this week, and the script not only is more coherent, makes no bones about the being set in the real world thing. It's uh-huh. definitely a restructured story. What mm. part is Kane? Nicolas Cage playing? He's playing Big Daddy. Big Daddy, oh. who appears at the end of number four, right? Uh, and so, basically, the story really goes from starts with number four. The movie story starts with, with issue four, oh, with some pieces of backstory from the first three issues to explain Kickass. So it's really okay. not about Kickass; it's about the little girl. It's about the little girl and Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid! Why would you even call it Kickass then? Look, I don't know. Oh. I'm not for the project. You know it. So, oh my god, we'll see. It's like putting lipstick on a pig. I tell you. Yeah, thank you. It's still going to be a pig. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are going to make that the title of this episode. I know. You and I, we're going to work for it. And Rick's just going to shake his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, another piece of news that came out that, you know, I think we've known, um, but I don't think we've ta- been able to talk about it. I mean, it didn't seem like news to me, but because Stephen Cannell said it. Sunday night uh, at the Screen Actors Guild, there was a cast and crew reunion about three hours long, I guess. Moderated by? John Tesh of the <laughs> cast and crew of The Greatest American Hero. In which Stephen J. Cannell was there as well, uh, creator of the show in the first place, who then confirmed that he does have uh, a screenplay, which I did know. Uh, and he what a did, surprise. Yeah. He does have a director. Uh, now, rumor has that it's Stephen Herrick, who had directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure way back Excellent. when. <laughs> Inventive on a low budget could, could very well be the right, the right choice. I think he also did uh, Mr. Holland's Wait Opus. a minute. Is Alex Winter going to play a Greatest American Hero? No, I don't think so. Oh, darn. I don't think so, uh, but he but Cannell didn't say who the director was. So I mean, that's still kind of the, like the rumor is that's who it is. Um, Bogus. So anyway, the the, the web kind of went a, bu- a buzz on Monday that yeah, there's going to be a Christmas Hair movie. Woo! And uh, our boy Derek got mentioned on Ain't It Cool News. I did get mentioned on Ain't It Cool News. Yeah, thank you for mm-hmm. mentioning that. Yes, mm-hmm. as director of marketing. Uh, and uh, so yeah, there was this event. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. I was too busy with schoolwork. <sighs> anyway, I couldn't. That's go all right. I mean, I really, to... did you re- really need another weekend at Culp? <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Yeah, it's Robert Culp, man. Stop it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that would have been cool because I could have met John Tesh. Um, That's true. But... Darn it! Well, if you get a chance to meet him again, can you bring some CDs for me? Yeah, see, exactly. I don't. You, you, have, you have the complete Thank discography of John mm-hmm. Tesh. I he just wants you to bring blanks. That live at Red Rock album. Oh, oh so good. So. Uh, <laughs> 
Anyway, that's there, and then it ties in. Of course, then in two weeks we get Heroes uh, season premiere with Villains. with with uh, William Cat in the first two episodes that are shown back to back. What he's hoping. So be the guy's be. headlining a Heroes episode or opening. Uh, well, he's guesting in a in the t- in the opening. This two guy episodes. is on fire. But they're doing them back to back that night. Yeah, they're showing yeah, yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Oh, so not, only one not night. One night so it's next. one night. It's two hours. But, one but we'll night. see. You know. So. Kind of yeah, like what they did with things, Fringe. Thing, things are happening. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood loves a comeback. Absolutely. So we'll see. And then just a brief update to the Watchmen's uh, lawsuit story is that now they have moved up the date of the trial to January. So hopefully, the huge payoff that we all know must happen, please, will this be is happening. our regular Watchmen watch. Absolutely, mm-hmm. part of the, uh, will be happening podcast. before. Uh, before the March release of the film, they've got to release that movie. I mean, yeah. come on. Anyway, so there we go. Now you mentioned Fringe. So last night, uh, Fringe. F- by, well, maybe not X for our Files listeners. X Files is back. X <laughs> Files is back, but with better lighting. And uh, they, they, you know, they're not. They, they, they turn on lights. I've noticed this that the FBI agents in Fringe actually do enter a room and turn on the light. Uh, so there's not so much um, flashlight shining and where monsters yeah. might be. You know what I liked about this show? Tell right me off the bat, every character was interesting. Yeah, every really well written characters. Yeah, you've got the you've got the fringy. Although scientist. I say there's one FBI guy. Um, oh, and I'm kind of blanking on his one. name. No, the one that had been on Oz, Kirk Acevedo is the actor, uh-huh. who is desperately trying to channel Al Pacino. Late yeah, period yeah. Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that that guy who's talking like, he like, yes. did, did you, you watch the, French? Did you I watch only the saw the first half and I Yeah, he was asleep. there. He did some yelling. He was like, he did some yelling He's at like the beginning. He's like on the tarmac or yes, something. Yes, and he sounded yeah. like Al, I was like, come on, Kirk. I, not that I know him, but you know, I'm like, I know you're a better actor than this. Why, why go the Pacino route? You know, you could well, maybe that's character. how he got the role. Maybe. maybe they wanted Pacino. I don't know. But a nice, a nice involved story. I mean, it, it was a little. The story was going to be a little hard for mainstream America to follow, but I like that. I, you know, can I can I counterpoint Rick real fast? Go ahead. Sure, because you fell asleep. Well, I mean, I you saw, read the first six pages. I basically saw like up to where she was about to undergo the mind meld or whatever. Once you get yeah. down into the black underwear. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that part. Now I have to go back and watch. <laughs> well, it. You go. You're bitter. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but well, you said you found every character interesting. Yes, I kind of found every character kind of cliche almost in a way, not but but still interesting to watch. Like I will say, the first little teaser on the airplane had me. So mm-hmm. once that happened, I was like, "Ooh, I want to see what happens after this." It was a very strong opener. But yeah. then afterwards, it was all almost like FBI by the book. You know what I mean? It was like. You know, it, there was a lot of like. Yeah, kinda... you really need to go watch the rest of it. Yeah, no, although okay. I will agree. I think there were a couple of plot twists that were plot holes. But that I mean, don't like, add up, perhaps. But in the beginning, like the whole okay, it starts with her in bed with the other agent, and you know, the whole my phone's ringing, I've got to go. You know, yeah, and then oh, but there's agent, a reason was, for that. Too. Sure, but I'm just saying. Started really close, and then the whole "Oh, I love you." You said you love me, you know. And I'm like, "Oh boy, here he's, he's dead. dead." You know yeah. what I mean? So there was a lot. Oh, of that's cli- true. I totally. It so was there like, was oh, a this lot one's of, doomed. So there was a lot of cliche, and then of course the the bad ex- ex- exposition. exposition, where it's like, you know, sir, is my so and so being a marine so and so affecting my, you know, your the way you feel about me? It was me? unnecessary backstory. It that's was, what it, I'm because saying. It really doesn't add up. So it was just kind of one of those where I've seen, you know, okay, look, I'm only going off what I know, what I saw J.J. Abrams, his lost pilot, and that was written in a way where the exposition came later and you didn't need anybody's backstory right away. But this Well, one the just, writers on this, the co-creators with him, are the guys that wrote Transformers. 
Ooh, which oh, that while, explains a lot. While a fun movie, oh. it, no, not I mean, written no, well. A fun yeah. movie. It's not particularly well. It's not all that surprising in its twists. It's not surprising anyway. So I, I'm going to go with it. I don't think that these guys they're hot writers. And they have a clever idea. I just don't think they were great scriptures. Their on dialogue this. was was very nice. They had they got a lot of kind of fringy. They got a lot of accurate fringy science in there. That oh yeah, was, um, and a lot uh, of it's going to pay off. They yeah. referenced a whole bunch of stuff up front. Very clearly by the end of the episode, it's like you you see that, and then they had previews of of episodes to come, and it's like, yep, they actually talked about that. That's okay. Well, happen. I mean, I favorite can... line in the story in the story was when they were saying they need a cow to do some tests on. He said the cow and the human are so so close. If you need to test on a human, you can use a cow, but it's better to test on a human unless you need the milk. I, know it was a, I thought the cow was the best next, best, next, best, best, next thing best thing to a human. human. Unless you need milk, then it's better. And, yeah, yeah. I, and now I understand why in San Diego at Comic-Con they uh, closed the down a parking lot and had a whole herd of cows in a parking lot that uh, makes on Saturday night. So. I, now it makes sense, but and it really is. I know it was an excuse to have the constant visual of why is there a cow there? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like the Buckaroo Bonds. I think why is there a why is there a watermelon there? Yeah, um, and then that character, that professor, that oh. the guy who was the corrupted king in Return of the King, uh, the one that went crazy, John yeah. Noble is the actor. Yeah. Uh, professor Bishop, I think was what they said his name. Um, I just really liked the character. Oh yeah, I was told it was it was a compelling performance. It was kind of a little. I was talking to somebody before about the idea that he kind of saned up a little fast, but and then it wasn't really totally fast. And one thing about people who are in like a closed community, a psychological community, they're around a lot of other crazy people. Did you spend a decade in Arkham? Didn't I you? did. I did. <laughs> I was right next to the uh, Mister Freeze. Yeah, Mister Freeze. I didn't get. I couldn't get near the Joker. Um, they are in that community. It's reinforcing. It's self-reinforcing, and they're on drugs most of the time. So they get out. They can clean up pretty easily, pretty fast. They will still have their episodes, mm-hmm. which I think he will still have. But for the most part, he'll be uh, he'll be an interesting character to write. I, I I can see the writers just. Oh, they were having fun. They were clearly having fun, having fun, with, fun him. with him in the pilot. It was yeah. just it was, and a good and a good but a good acting job because then near the end, you know, that desperation when he's connecting with his son, right. It's like there is a, there is poignancy to it too, and so I'm 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 willing to give it a few more. Did episodes Joshua Jackson get any better? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think what I like about Joshua Jackson is that I don't think that guy is getting better looking. I think he's becoming kind of. I don't think he's going to age well. Mm. And so he, so he can get better roles. When he gets no, I mean under. I think he's aging into a really good character actor. Uh-huh. You know, I just so. didn't believe his whole like he kept you know sassing her, oh whatever, sweetheart and honey and all that. And I just yeah, I didn't, didn't believe it. Right I just, yeah. yeah, so and but they eased off that in the second half after you fell asleep. I'll have to come yeah. back and watch it. You know, again, I hope the second you know half what? is I've better. I've never seen you leave food on your plate. Why do you keep leaving? Because food always delivers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. But I'm just I'll just say this from for the half. I'm guessing I only saw maybe a third of it. Of what? Because he said it was about an hour and what forty five minutes. It was an hour thirty five. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. these annoying. I saw about fringe return in sixty seconds. 60 really? Seconds. I can't pee that fast. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, stop! Stop! <laughs> this is why chivos are important. <laughs> and then there was like some really good, good because uh, quant- quantum. They gave solace. you a ninety second one. Oh, they too, gave you one ninety second one. That was time for me to run back out to the car <laughs> to grab my backup bottle of diet vanilla Pepsi and try not to shake it up as I ran back. <laughs> it's like, dang it! Wow. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I just, from what I saw, I was, I liked it, 
but wasn't like fully Jones. Like you know, and it wasn't. Totally I think like, you have to. You really have to see in the the end of that show to realize to get the impact I think it's a of great setup for an ongoing. For series. what this is going to be like, and and I think it's it has the potential to be more cohesive than the X Files was. It actually reminded me a lot of the Alien Invasion one for a couple of, from a few years. Yeah, ago. I Carlo know. Carlo Gugino was in. Which um, one was that? It was the one about Threshold. The Threshold. Threshold. That was that. I couldn't think the of the name. The team earlier. was like that, yeah. and the kind of, and yeah. it was better written than they Threshold. Had a, they had a dwarf uh, character on that and they had yes you know, a, and they had the older scientists yeah. so is fringe friend. gonna make it i don't know yet we'll have hmm. to see i don't know yet I, it was cleverly directed we'll see the uh, other show i won't go too deeply into it because rick didn't watch it yet i don't know if you did was the terminator the sarah Connor i Chronicles. did i can go away for a little bit no that's all right because you're going to listen to it eventually um i just thought that the edi- cast edition was a good choice i was a little well here's the thing i was a little off on it until the end and then I kind of went, mm. it's thought, hard to talk about it, but without this spoiling episode, this it. This episode, I will say uh, directorially, this episode has been a lot of time on montage and not yeah. saying anything for long periods to have these you know, repetitive actions. So it, it didn't move as an episode as quickly as I wanted it to, but it certainly had some creepy moments that made me go, oh, yeah, yeah. yep, I am, I am hooked on this show again. Well, I, I was, we were talking about this before the podcast with Mark, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, one of the customers here at Elusive Comics yeah. and Games. And, um, 2725, I'll come in and ask for But basically, um, I was kind of saying how Terminator, like the Sarah Connor Chronicles is more of kind of the the fun Terminator series that plays in the Terminator sandbox, but really isn't canon to like the Terminator right, movies. Right. You know what I mean? So it's one of those to get your Terminator fix, you can watch the show because it gives you a little taste of it. But it's really not. But as, I also really like it because really I didn't need Terminator past Terminator Two. Yeah, but there were a lot of parts where I was just kind of like, really, come on, you know. Like for example, I was complaining, and I already told Rick this part, but you know, the, the cliffhanger ends with her blowing up in the jeep, right? So spoiler we sh- alert! That oh. was the end of last year. Last I know, but oh. he's going to go into a spoiler alert. Oh, okay, yeah. So in the first minute. In the first minute, we find out, which of course it's no surprise. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Summer Glau is a Terminator. She can survive a Jeep blowing up. But uh, mm-hmm. so we see her in the Jeep and she's got a little face damage and a little hair yeah. mussed up. Was... But none of her clothes are burnt or ripped or anything. They're just smoky. You know what I mean? And yes, they are. I just thought that was kind of <laughs> ridiculous that it was like, oh, you can survive a burning van. I guess she was wearing like unstable molecule clothes or well, something. Sure. She can hey. emit a temporary force field. Oh, oh, okay. Well, there you go. So. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I made it up just now. Oh, well. But it had, you know, it had hey, a Terminator Josh Friedman, field. that's yours for free. There you go. Totally add that on. You can call it the Rick Field. The Rick Field. Plus, thing. I also feel that the acting Named on that show. Field, who created it. I yeah. just feel like the acting on that show isn't as strong as it could be. You know what I mean? I think the guy they had, Cromarty or whatever, I think he's kind of weak. I think the FBI guys. Uh, although he little... had a, no, you know what they are? They, they, they really are, a lot of them are. TV actors in the most uh, right. cliched sense yeah, of it. Yeah, they're not going to be big screen stars because that guy that's the FBI agent was on Judging Amy. He's a regular <laughs> right. there, and you you know that show was all that well acted. And you see that there are there are actors that are just right suited to be comfortable and pleasant on television, and people because TV's aim is different. Mm-hmm. And then a show like. You know, Fringe comes along, which is it is shooting for something a little more, and yet us yet the same as anything else. You know, it's like we're lucky if something transcends. Like one thing I was saying uh, to a coworker today about 
about, say, Fringe versus Chuck. I, in no moment, which unfortunately they're going to be great to crossover, by the way. Fringe and Chuck. Yeah. Well, they're both comic books from Wildstorm. Uh, is that the CIA agent in Chuck, the woman, yeah. uh, there's no way I believe that she's actually a CIA agent. She's just pleasant to so look right. at. Fantasy. And she's fun. And, you know, and Chuck, because this basic premise, I don't believe, I'm just willing to suspend. Right. They've had no adequate explanation how a, how a supercomputer can download all its information to a brain due to a, an open Ocularly, email. Yeah, yeah. You know, fine. It's just a silly premise, and I'm willing to just go away with it. And so the thing I liked about Fringe was I believed all three of those main leads yes. look like people you might actually encounter. Yes. And that's why I said when I talk about Joshua Jackson saying he's not getting better looking, he's sort of becoming a character actor, it's like because I believe that I could run into a guy with the credentials that his character is supposed to have that looks like him and doesn't look like a guy who's on a WB teen yeah. drama. And he also speaks Farsi. Sure. Okay. Who doesn't? Not just saying. So, um, but you know, so my problem with realized ter- Terminator thing is now that they are making us choose I mean, for the most because Chuck is going to go up against Terminator if they stay in that same lot. Um, Get a TiVo. Well, I do, but you know, there are other kinds of shows that other people in the house like to watch. Well, luckily and they for do the you, programming. luckily, what? luckily for you, a lot of the. Shows now are being shown online. Online, and that's, yeah. that's so, you're right. You're right. You can. That's but where I you, watched Fringe. But I if you want Fringe to create, on Fox.com, and you still fell asleep, you didn't go back. Yeah. Did well, because did you work today? Uh, no. No, you could have gone back. Uh huh. No, I could have, but afterwards I was all, nah. Okay. I saw enough. All right. Uh, I saw just the Fringe. All right. I saw. I I got a DVD last week, which is coming out of the end oh. of September. What? Go ahead. This is really lame casting news, but before we moved okay, on. Okay, go ahead, give it. I got an email today. You know how we posted the Brandon Mullally as Captain Marvel thing or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I had some guy send me his screen test, or his unofficial screen test, to be Captain Marvel. And he, this guy did green screen stuff in the suit and everything, and I forget his name, but... The guy. Let me say, people. <laughs> uh, you're going to put this up on fanboyplanet.com. Do you want me please, to? Oh, please. <laughs> it, let me say something, people. The Brandon Mullally rumor is based on actual supposition in that Brandon Mullally has worked for the director of Shazam, uh, and you know, so it's it's a credible rumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is truly being considered if they move that. No, but you got to see this guy no, too because okay, he okay. does green screen where but, he's flying. Uh, but a few years ago, and he doesn't even act while he's flying. He's just like, hey, I'm just laying here. I'm just flying around, Captain Marvel. A few years ago, some uh, woman tried to convince me, emailed me that. Uh, her favorite actress from like Friday the Thirteenth, the series, mm. was going to be Wonder Woman, <laughs> and she gave me she sent her phone number so I could call and 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 so and follow up. So I contacted Joel Silver's office, and they said we can't comment, which was the stupidest thing they could have said. <laughs> they should have just said no. We don't even know who this is. Stop it. So I called this woman, and it turns out it's like, and then I read a couple years later uh, that. Yeah, it was like this actress had hired her, the runner of her fan site, <laughs> to, start, to start this rumor. Of course. And so people believe this, you know. And again, the thing with Malali is just he looks like Captain Marvel and he's worked for the directors. The director's yeah. truly considering him. That's mm-hmm. different. You can't just. Let's at, move on and let this healing begin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but look for the video. I'll pass it on to Derek. Okay. And I'll tell then... you some stuff off. off off cast okay yeah anyway so i got this dvd DVD. no i got this dvd last week that i did request so i'm I'm glad to see it and it really blew my mind i watched on sunday called the mindscape of alan moore 
It's a British documentary, which is really an interview with Alan Moore with little filmed uh, vignettes to illustrate some of the things he's talking about. Is he about. as crazy as we all think he is? Yes. <laughs> crazy like a fox. And just for people who don't know, Alan Moore, writer of uh, Watchmen. Uh, considered the greatest living comics writer hmm. uh, by most people. Has he ever wrote, used the C word? I doubt it. Mm, okay. uh, he is the writer of Watchmen. He's the writer of V for Vendetta. Uh, oh, the writer, Extraordinary League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, Swamp Thing was his first big American work. He's even done some Doctor Who. Did he comics. do Miracle Man, or is that somebody else? He did do the uh, the, the Miracle British Man version. revival, and then he gave he kind of gave it over to Neil Gaiman. Yeah, so okay. that's one heck of a great series if they ever 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 resolve the, the, the lawsuit and reprint it. Uh, so the first half of the of the documentary slash interview is him talking about his early days, how he got into comics, and the what beginning ins- of his beard. And, and, and yeah, that's there too. <laughs> what inspired him? And then it's intercut with like so they do a vignette from V for Vendetta, as Rick pointed out to me, like you know, recreating some of the panels but making it you know, mobile. And then there's some stuff from Watchmen with Alan Moore reading from the journal of Rorschach, which his daughter had said in an interview after the trailer came out, you know, my dad does a better Rorschach. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, except that Rorschach Kids doesn't have a British accent. That. Yeah, you know, it's not bad. But uh, And uh, then some, this is some stuff that I think is supposed to represent Swamp Thing. It was just kind of creepy. Uh, and then there's a character kind of walks through that I think is also meant to be Constantine. But, you know, and then the second it's half... Not Constantine? No, that's the American pronunciation. Oh. And, he, and uh, I believe he refers to it in the documentary as the character now known as Constantine. Uh. Um but uh, then the second half talks about uh, a little bit about Promethea, a little bit about his shamanism, his magic, his philosophies on life. It gets weirder and weirder. All the entire time, by the way, it, he's always being shot in the same place with his beard, which is frightening, <laughs> which you're waiting for things to pop forth. And he's got silver ring um, claws on each. On his nails. Nice. On, yeah. Nice. So he's like clanking. Very Fu Manchu. Very <laughs> The whole thing is like... Uh, How does he type with those things? I don't know, mm. but uh, they show. Actually, they do show him typing at one point. <laughs> so, it's a like, special typewriter. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, so, he can't type without them. I don't know, but I, I think is a really interesting. So that's the the first disc, and then the second disc is shorter interviews with his collaborators. So really great. You want a chance to talk with Dave? They interviewed Dave Gibbons about Watchmen. They interview um, Dave. Uh, by the David Lloyd, Jones. David Lloyd, David Lloyd for V for Vendetta, Melinda Gebby for uh, Lost Girls, which is his late, you know, most recent thing. Uh, J- um, O'Neill, Kevin O'Neill from uh, from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. So those are a little more coherent, and if you're a comics fan and want to know, it's really worth it while. I think one thing though is I, I really wish that I mean, it has to happen after Alan Moore dies is a documentary that's actually objective about him because mm-hmm. this is clearly not. So this is this a fluff piece? It's not a fluff piece because you're, it's impossible to write a fluff piece about mm-hmm. Alan Moore. How produced is this thing? I mean, do they show p- panels and stuff of what he's talking about mm-hmm. while he's talking? Yeah, or, yeah. So it's not just like yeah, him, but him they on reuse a, a lot of imagery and footage. So I think it was pretty low budget. Okay, and it's not a DC Warner produced. Thing, no, it is, is it? not. Okay. It's completely independent because it's. it's it so a, who would you recommend this for? Comics fans, if you are a fan of Alan Moore, you've got to you've got to see this. I don't know if you've got to buy it, but you've got to see it. You've got to watch it? it at least once. Uh, I believe I went, I went onto Amazon and checked. It's like twenty two dollars for so twenty nine ninety five because it's an independent film. Yeah, they're they're independently distributing it, but they got it on Amazon, so you can buy. Is it, it on, on Netflix? Do we know? I don't know. Mm. It's not coming out at the end of the month. So, and I yeah. don't do Netflix, so I, I don't I don't 
have a way of checking that. Cool. But you can see. So definitely something to watch out for, especially if you are an Alan Moore fan. If you just <laughs> watch out for. <laughs> I really didn't intend Get anything. it. I know. Uh, okay. Stretching. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's it? That's all I've got. Uh, you, anybody else? I think we're done. I think we're done. Let's get some food, huh? What do you say? All right. All right. Well, this is Derek McCaw. If you've got any comments, questions, compliments for Fanboy Planet, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. Down the table from me, say goodnight. Uh, this is Michael Kane for Fanboy Planet. This is Rick Bratsnyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for, for good. good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Okay. Shall we? We shall. Anything Let's else? do a tight, tidy little show. Now. I think we can do that. Okay. You ready? Drug dealers. I've met pimps and prostitutes and everything else. I've never met an assassin, which yeah. is really strange. It's just mythical occupation. He's a milkman with a mission. Yeah. Right, yeah. Hello, Derek McCaw, Jack. Talking to trees. Hello, Derek McCaw, Fanboy Planet. Looks good, yeah, and it's good that you push the mic eight inches away from the edge the way he'll do it. <laughs> so he has to lean in. To- yeah. No, so if he wanted to be heard, he'd lean in. But if you want to be right. This is Rick Bratsnyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for, for good. good. That's not really Cherry out. That's not really a good thing. In order to talk like Michael King, you have to speak it, it is in small boxes. I think you need to see more Michael King. <laughs> <laughs> What's it all about, Lonnie? <laughs>